Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, on this show, in this very special show that you didn't know I was going to be doing this week, I am here with somebody that I met way back in 2014, which was my first ever experience at San Diego Comic-Con, the mecca of all things anime, comics, movies, and games. And I was doing a documentary at the time, and lo and behold, I lucked out by bumping into this very lovely uh, lady that, it's, that we're having as our guest today. And she is not only a cosplayer, but she is a champion cosplayer. She's an award-winning, a back-to-back award-winning cosplayer. And uh, her name is Rebecca Ryan, and if you know the name, if you know her, do you have another alias? Uh, Fo- Foxy Roxy Cosplay, yeah. That's Foxy. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, when I first saw her, it was, like, hard not to see her. It was, like, just an amazing construct that she put together. And it was just at the time, this was her first time doing it. And she won in her first time. It was awesome. And the look on her face was just, it was the most precious thing. I actually still have the video of you, by the way, <laughs> of you just excited. And it was so passionate. It was so beautiful. Oh. And I love that. It was one of my favorite moments of all the things that you could do at San Diego Comic-Con. That pivotal moment for me, even on my video, if you look at that, if you look back at the video, that was one of the most pivotal moments of that. Oh. And it was so endearing. Oh, thanks. That's That's really sweet. I... Still can't believe that that happened. <laughs> and and it kept happening, apparently, because every yeah. time I yeah. saw you from years, you're winning back-to-back Best of Show. And isn't that, if I'm correct, that is the top honor. So the first year I won uh, Best Workmanship. So yes. it was like, for a first-time costume, I mean, and it was a huge armor build. It was from Warhammer, and it was yes. this giant, giant armor build. And just the fact that, it survived the shipping to California and it it then went on to wow the judges, including V Neal, which I was like, Oh my God, my brain is broken right now. I'm standing talking to V Neal. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, like creators, uh, they're my rock stars, like costume designers. They're, they're my people, man. So going to San Diego, one of the coolest things about it is that, the judges are always costume designers from yes. from L.A. And mm-hmm. that is like. <sighs> I, I, I tell people all the time, like if you've ever had the opportunity to travel to the West and go to San Diego Comic Con, it mm-hmm. is the upper echelon of 
literally and 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 you know I, New York Comic Con is also in that mix too, but yeah. San Diego Comic Con just it's just it just feels like it's such a next level type of thing, and yeah. when it comes to the cosplaying, it is no joke. And I, no. I, it is, I, I mean, I've never seen such elaborate constructs and designs and, 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 uh, themes. And so I've gone there yeah. and it is, and, and again, and it all tops when I saw you and I was like, this is absolutely outstanding. <laughs> and when you told me how it was done for the moments that you did, it was just like, this is crazy. And then you topped it off and said it was the first time you've done this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. Now. Yeah. What I wanted to say is that um, we I've managed to bump into you in 2014. We've met since then. We connected a few times over the years, and uh, you're now, you're one of the ACMG members, of course, on a Facebook group. Um, but dating back to that, like, what led to you wanting to do cosplaying, and and to, to that matter, uh, something of that magnitude? So I've. I've been costuming basically my whole life. Mm. I was cosplaying before cosplaying was a thing apparently mm. <laughs> because I have been I'm I've been a maker my whole life. Um like I've uh I've always made things. I do stained glass and I mm. I paint and I draw and I and I cook and I I'm a maker. So You're you're uh, a renaissance artist. Um, you know, I kind of I dabble. I'm you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert in anything, but right. I I really feel like making is the thing that uh that exalts our spirits. Mm -hmm. It it makes us better when we create things in the world. And I mean not to get too heavy or anything, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like not to get all We advocate well, philosophy here in Talk Time Live, so that's psychological, fine. Psychological, <laughs> yeah. So um educate people. <laughs> well and I so I feel like there's so huge a huge part of what I do is an outreach to you know I do panels and stuff for makers because yes. I feel like that's an important that's an important part of our humanity. So when I was so you know I make costumes for Halloween and make like you know stuff like that I made like a a whole nightmare before Christmas uh display for my yard with like a seven foot tall Jack Skellington oh, wow. and like it's a whole thing so I <laughs> you know I do stuff <laughs> <laughs> but my I had a I had a uh some friends of ours were neighbors at the time and their little daughter was like 13 and she was like I want to make this halo armor and I went down this rabbit hole of pepakura and like armor making and like then I started watching videos and I was like what is this awesomeness I need to <laughs> do this right now and then of course as 13 year olds do she was like I don't want to do that anymore I'm right. done with that now um, but I had already gone down the rabbit hole right. and was like I'm going to do something and my husband's a video gamer and was like you need to see this Warhammer you need to see Dawn of a War you need to see this <laughs> and he pulls up this Sister of Battle well first he pulls up the Space Marine and I'm like mm, I'm not going to yeah, try that <laughs> for my first thing but then he's like so he pulls up this Sister of Battle and these Sisters of Battle are just epic mm -hmm. and the whole the whole world of warhammer is like super epic and yeah, really kind of it's like rich and like has a lot of lore and mythos and um these sisters were like so badass and so like 
just holy wrath. And I was like, oh, I, that's all right. <laughs> and then I just, I just started. I just started gathering things and I just started building and I built from the bottom up, yeah. which turned out to be a really good idea because the shoes were a little, eh, but like as I went up, it got I, I figured it out. I figured out how to how to do it. Right. And I I have to strongly credit evil Ted Smith <laughs> and SKS props for so many how to videos before these how to videos were really hot. Right. Like I, like now there's like a how to video on basically everything on, on YouTube but Absolutely. Uh, Evil Ted was explaining the tools and talking about the process, like when it was pretty new, when it was pretty young, and and those videos really helped me a lot, and um, and I just I just you know my my I was raised to believe that pretty much anything is possible. Like you you don't know you can't do something until you try and can't do it. Absolutely. So so I just thought. I can do this. I don't know why I can't do this. I can do this. I can figure this out. And the the engineering of it is so interesting, like how to make things fit together and how to make sure that things hang on you and don't fall off <laughs> and, <laughs> and like sit where they're supposed to. There's so much. There's so much problem solving there, and I'm I work in IT. That's my regular job. A lot, uh, of, lot of troubleshooting, you know, it, figuring things yeah. out. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So it it felt like it was like a you know it was a it was a next step kind of a thing for me. <laughs> you know, it was like this this flows naturally into my process, um, but it was just really it was it was so visually appealing that right. I thought this this is a good this is a good project and it took me months to make that thing. Oh sure, look like, I, I look if, if any of you guys and I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to put up. Uh, for those who are listening and are in an ACMG uh, Facebook group, I will put up pictures of which she has done, and I may still have pictures of the, what I took from back then of that of that uh, that design that you did, and it yeah. was, it's just the, the amount of detail is just insane. Yeah, <laughs> and that's really what and that's really what won me best workmanship was yeah. just the level of <laughs> there were a lot of goo gas. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> Do do yeah. you consider yourself like a kinesthetic learner, in a sense? Yeah, I I really I just as I go and I sort of pick things up and figure things out and it really takes me to who needs reading? No, oh, <laughs> good lord, uh, that that's a that whole uh, RTFM is just not my area exactly yeah <laughs> I feel it's, you. it's not my area uh it, and it, it really just it i don't get enough i don't get enough feedback from that yeah. like when i'm working with something like when i'm trying to figure out how to make something bend or make something fit together yeah th there's immediate feedback there mm -hmm. um and when you're you know when you're like reading through it and trying to understand it and like following some directions. This is, you know, so I, I've taken this whole sort of side turn. I spent the last 18 months making Outlander dresses because apparently oh. I'm insane. Um, <laughs> and they just wouldn't leave me alone. Like this Outlander, just the costume designer, Terry Dressbach is just, she's, <laughs> she just, she's, she's like, she, she's in my head. Yeah. And, 
those dresses, I just couldn't stop making them. I made like six of them. Wow. And I'd, you know, and big dresses with big grand paniers and like the whole like nine yards. Mm -hmm. And all of that, I am a terrible seamstress. Patterns are not my friend. Mm. So having to kind of sew was like, oh, this is, this is my next challenge. Like I have kind of, I've kind of, figured out foam armor i kind of get foam armor but what i don't get is how to make this pattern how to read this pattern and know what that means when it says under sew the collar to i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 really self-taught there and so that was that was my sort of my next challenge was like i'm gonna really sew and i'm gonna really sew some complicated things apparently again because i'm crazy um (laughs) and and figure it out because i need to be figuring things out apparently and here's the part that i love about what you've just said is that one without any you know fashion design experience you know Mm -hmm. you never went to uh school for it at all but (laughs) you have this natural (laughs) kinesthetic ability to pick up on things and then on top of that you have the drive and the passion to want to make it happen and recognizing that that is a weak point, but willing to take it on itself. I can't tell you how many people I wish had that same type of instinct and passion, you know, doing whatever they want to do in life, because it, if they did, there would be so much accomplishments made in this world right now. Right, right. If people just had a little bit more faith in their ability to figure stuff out yeah i think you know and you know not everybody figures stuff out the way i do i think my brain works differently yeah (laughs) (laughs) no kind of actually differently (laughs) but um i i I do think people don't trust themselves enough i I think you know i'm i'm on a bunch of um uh, you know cosplay and and costume and and um I'm on this group called uh, Historical Costume, uh, Historical Sewing Without Judgment, mm-hmm. and um, hmm. those people are hysterical because there's so you. much <laughs> there's there's so much judgment in the historically accurate world of like making stuff like. Yeah. You know, back to Outlander, Terry Dressbot got torn apart because her costumes were not, in air quotes, historically accurate. Right. And uh, and to me, they went so much further to tell the story than if they had been wrote historically accurate. Then I, people just miss – they're missing the point. Yeah. They're missing the point of when she changes the design, why she does that. And I, you know, and so these people who, who like futz around with it and, and do stuff where they're not really, um, like I do a, a panel on historical sewing hacks. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's, it's, it's right in the, it's right in the title. I, I'm not going to be precious about this. These are hacks. Right. And, you know, and I do stuff like, uh, I don't. I haven't seen a whale in a while, so I use zip ties for all of my boning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to cinch myself down to another size. I'm just trying to make a little bit of support and create the the visual scene of right. the of the costume. So zip ties are perfect way to do that. And that's and that's one of the hacks that I cover in my panel because I feel like 
They're accessible, they're inexpensive, they're easy to work with. You don't have to have tin snips. You don't have to be able to, you know, cut steel. You can, and you can buy them at the, you know, at the multi-store. You know, you can just, and do stuff, get started. I think that's, you know, that's my, that's my sort of my ending thing for every panel I ever do is like, it's not hard. You don't need a lot of stuff. Just go start. (laughs) <laughs> so when we well, back going back again to 2014 and which is funny because i went uh my wife and i went back in 2017 i was hoping i would bump into you again but it wasn't the case but you did uh, attend in 2017 too right i did you did i did because you, if I'm correct, I, you, you I, won multiple I, you won back to back i since won that time. yeah so i won in 14 16, 17, and 18, mm-hmm. and 19. And, 19. and just last year. Oh, congratulations uh, on that. That's just, awesome. <laughs> la- last year was the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con, and I won Best in Show. Awesome. Yeah. That, you don't get no higher than that at this point. That is oh. the... That is the one. Huge trophy. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so excited. What I was going to say is like going back to 2014, I remember one thing that I have on uh, that I have on my documentary of mm. you and what it was talking about the cliche approach to how women cosplay mm. and you wanted to change the way that you did and i did and i'm i'm saying this without even um that's how much i remember this i didn't even go back and watch the uh, film yeah. but i remember that was one of the prime objectives of you doing what you've done is to is to show the badassery if I, if that's even a word of a fe- of a female cosplayer and as a warrior and you wanted to show that that badass you know look that look that we could be more than just scantily clad um females yep. and you know you could show that you're just as badass as anybody out there and i yep. think you've more than achieved that no oh, thanks very yeah. much like you superseded that <laughs> i did a i did a whole arc of women in women in armor and um so my women in armor arc i won I won with uh, Flemeth. Yeah. I won with um, this really cool, like Chinese fourth century from mm-hmm. this movie called An Empress and the Warrior, mm-hmm. where I did Empress Fair, and um, it had like a hundred cast plates, plates that were cast in resin and then fastened to a. a skirt a, a leather over skirt like an armored skirt yeah it was like that was that one is pretty epic um now, and they're just well, hold yeah on. has what i wanted to ask actually was like from 2014 all the way to 2019 have you actually seen a change in the direction of how you know, fem- oh, yeah. females have, you know, decided to what concepts that they were going to do. And, you know, for more, um, I mean, they're still out there and that's, I mean, to their, to their power, that's, that's what they want to do, but yeah. you want, there's more representation of empowerment oh, in, yeah. in the concepts you've seen it. You've seen it grow since big then? time, big time. So one of the things I think that's, um, I think one of the, uh, there's a, that monster hunter game. Yes. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> so much epic armor from the Monster Hunter game and yeah. so many girls doing Monster Hunter armor, which is like killing it. Um, yes. 
And, you know, I think you even see it in pop culture and like the, the, you know, the Astrid armor from How to Train Your Dragon. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, there's just, there's just, I mean, there's, there's still, you know, there's still Harley Quinn and there's still, you know, and there's still like the, you know, your traditional, uh, uh, you know, let's in, go. Let's say etchy. Let's use the anime term etchy. Yeah, there you go. That that works. Um, I you know it's not for me, and it's not for me. Right, and it's not knocking them in no, particular. No, not at not at all. It's just not for me. Yeah. And really, I like apparently wearing thirty five pounds of foam <laughs> because I have I I hate my spine. I think. Um, no, I. I I really love it's like a it's like it's literally like girding it's like you know it's like what is it's what happens when you put armor on it's like the same thing that would happen to knights I can only imagine you put that armor on and you get a sense of like I am killing it kind of <laughs> literally right. and it's and I think people are really I think people are really getting that, and I think you see a lot like the she propers group. There's a whole group of, of female um, prop makers and costume uh, makers, and they are constantly work in progress. Wednesdays just filled with armor. Yeah. It's just filled with armor. I mean, right now it's filled with plague masks, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Thank goodness <laughs> for them, by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean. This, I think that's one thing that's kind of, it's a silver lining about the weird pandemic quarantine we're all under is like, I've made four dresses mm-hmm. right. <laughs> in the last month and I have a regular job, which I'm attending every day. Right. So, you know, um, I'm still managing to get a lot done. And part of that is because I'm a massive hoarder of fabric <laughs> which is you know you have to kind of hoard things in an event of an emergency and uh, absolutely I and agree. i have <laughs> i this unfortunately my hoarding has been rewarded during this time period so i don't suspect it's gonna go away <laughs> which well, little thing, plus thing little is, minus <laughs> the thing is what i discover from you but just talking to you just now i mean now and, and even before we started the interview is that you're an it you're an uh, it tech And I empathize with you because I also dabbled in that field when I was working in corporate as well. So I understand the anguish, the uh, the stressors, if you will, of that job. And I got to believe that there is some form of tranquility in therapeutic uh, aspect of you doing designing. Oh, yes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Even when it's going terribly. And, you know, that's that's one of those things I I, I kind of want to always tell people it doesn't always go right. Sometimes it goes wrong. Sometimes you have to start over. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to totally scrap it and start over. That's okay because as long as you are Getting that feedback, you are learning yeah. and you are growing and you are getting better. Thank you for saying that in the highest. I've been telling people this for so long. And, you know, I mean, I have clients because, you know, I'm, I'm a graphic designer or multimedia developer for that matter. And I help people brand their mm. uh, businesses, you know, or, or continue in their business. And a lot of times they are people are so afraid of failure. And uh-huh. I learned from art from the art classes that I've ever t- uh, taken. And it feel, what I love about talking with you right now is that it, you 
you reminded me, you take me back to when I was in, uh, you know, in art school and with my peers and everything. And we all were learning our crafts together. We recognized our weaknesses, but we helped each other with those strengths, strengthening those weaknesses yeah. at the same time. But we recognized, yeah, we're going to not know everything, you know, nor we should, nor should we, but we're going to eventually get it and find our own niche to it. And I, I, it's been so long since I heard that from somebody. <laughs> so it's yeah. awesome to hear that. I think I think that's I think that's a lot of what holds people back. People are afraid. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to waste this foam. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. waste. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to. And I. I feel like it's a. It's. It's just this general fear of failure and lack of faith in their own ability to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think as humans, we are very adaptable. We are. We are very clever and we can figure things out and we can do that as long as we give ourselves the room to feel okay about it not going right the first time or the fourth time. I'm going to tell you, I made a Celestine for last year's Comic-Con. Celestine Mm -hmm. is the highest sister of battle in the Warhammer universe and she is like – a glowing halo and floating babies that carry her cloak and she has a glowing sword that's wreathed in roses. She's kind of next level Looney Tunes, which <laughs> she is my girl. I get her. I remade that sword 11 times. Wow. Because I didn't like how they turned out. Right. And I just wanted it to do – I wanted to do her justice, right? Yeah. And 11 times. I cast it in resin like six times, mm-hmm. trying to get it right, trying to get it right. And I finally got the perfect resin glow blade. Oh, God, it was gorgeous. <laughs> So freaking heavy, I couldn't carry it. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. when you got on that stage, I'm sure it was all worth it. Yeah, I mean, it really it was like, uh, it was, that was the one that I won best in show. Yeah. And the judges were just so impressed with like all the different materials that I used and all of the like the little kind of cheaty ways that I figured stuff out and yeah. engineered stuff. And I shipped 90 pounds to San Diego for last year's Comic-Con. 90 pounds worth of costume. Wow. So, yeah. Now, <laughs> from the time that you started this and now that you've done so many more different foam armors and, and designs, are you now um, – creating them faster or are you challenging yourself more to the point that is takes it you know you just said that you it took you 11 times to do the sword so yeah. are you trying to challenge yourself more or you have it to uh, a point to some a point that you're able to master certain things and get it done quicker yeah so just to, to so some things like once i actually started building the flemeth armor from dragon age yeah. uh it was done in about a weekend mm. like it like because they're they're not a huge number of pieces. It's just like basically leg armor and some arm armor and little gauntlets. Right. Um, uh, 
But once I, once I started building it, once I figured out the mountains and valleys for the yeah. foam, then it was like, it was literally, it was done in a weekend right. because again, I'm a hoarder. So I already had the <laughs> foam <laughs> and I had spent probably a month, uh, thinking about the, uh, the mountains and valleys so I could figure out how to cut the foam so that it would because it's really weird angular armor. It's very angular, that armor. Um, but that, so that really quick, knocked it out really quick. Mm-hmm. But like the Empress Spear where I had, I had this huge chest plate and it all had to be hand detailed with like uh, this like sort of filigree work. That took months to do that armor. <laughs> wow. So it's really I'm always I always want to challenge myself. I always want to do something that I haven't done before right. because I want to I want to learn. I'm I'm a voracious learner. I'm a I'm a consumer of new ideas. That is obvious from the work so, that you've done. <laughs> that reads yeah, right off it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, so like uh, one year I win for this massive armor, and then the next year I come back in the Outlander wedding dress yeah. and win in that. And then the next year I come back in massive armor and win in that. I mean, and to me, honestly, the winning is nice, but the winning is really almost secondary to being able to just walk around mm-hmm. and see people smile and love it and love it and i bring something that makes people go ee! then yeah, me. that makes <laughs> yeah, i mean that makes me happy that really that's to me that's worth i mean don't get me wrong getting that Getting that medal from San Diego, or I—I I mean, I've—I've I've won at Salt Lake. Yeah. I've won at uh, Katsukan. I've—I've I've won. Um, you now at, have a shelf at, case at, <laughs> dedicated. At I do. I have. It was weird, like super weird trophy shelf, which is like I just—I feel so weird about it. Um, but I—I I love the idea of being able to connect with people and for people to just. Squee when they see me because mm-hmm. it's awesome and they recognize me and they know what I'm supposed to be. Right. Like sometimes I do these really weird niche things that people just don't. I mean, that's kind of my area. I, I tend to like this weird uh, movie, An Empress and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, they probably but, did after watching and talking, uh, talking with you. But the costume design was really good. Yeah. And like when I when I wear this, people are like, that is awesome. That mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but that is cool. And to me that, you know, that that connection is really worth its weight in gold. I, I love that connection. I love and that's really that's the worst thing about this whole time is that i'm missing my con friends i'm missing i'm missing that interaction with you know with with people and and squeeing when i see their work and and Mm -hmm. you know and and just connecting in that way that's the one that's kind of the that's kind of the the worst part of this whole business for me well that's what i'm gonna segue to and actually my got my last two questions is going to lead towards what you just exactly said but before i do that rebecca thank you so much for being on this show i mean like 
I just popped up and did this at a spare moment, and I wanted you on it. I've always wanted you on my show since I started this, because uh, I don't. I've rarely had a chance to get some really known uh, cosplayers out in, on this show, and um, this was probably for me a long time coming. And I just, you know, jumped at it, and it was like this is a perfect time for you to be on the show to talk about everything going on. So thank yeah. you for being on there, and for you to give your, you know, awesome perspective and passion and. I love that when I have guests on the show, they not only entertain, but they educate as well. And I think this is probably most possibly one of the most educational (laughs) interviews I've had in quite some time. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really I'm always happy to uh, as you can probably tell, I love talking about cosplay. (laughs) And I love talking about (laughs) Yeah. I love talking about making and I love talking about like people being creative and like expressing themselves in that way and i think it's just it's it's one of those things i ran into somebody at katsu and he was there with his daughter and he's you know and she was dressed as ruby rose and she was really Mm. cute and he said you know i really we were kind of standing to the side and and, because she was getting some pictures taken and he said you know i really love this because she's so introverted and this really gives Mm -hmm. her a chance to like be out there and like she can do it in kind of in a safe way because she puts this costume on and then she's not it's not costing her as much to have these interactions because she's got a shield and i and i think that's it's so i think it's so true and it's so important that we you know give ourselves this opportunity to be you know because i'm extremely extroverted i really i get recharged by these interactions right. but so, for some people it costs them so much to do this but i think if you can put if you can give yourself a little bit of a shield i think it's it can be very therapeutic you can get out there and you can see your you can see your people you right. know you can you can interact with your people and it it's it's less expensive for you. Right. Now, talking about that, one of my last questions in reference to that is the cosplay community and culture itself, the subculture itself. Um, everybody has their different perspective and experience of the cosplay community and culture, depending on yeah. who you talk to. Right. Um, I remember speaking to somebody uh, who's on the documentary as well. She uh, dressed up as Yuffie from uh, Final Fantasy, and she had a great, great glowing uh, experience of what the cosplay community meant for her and what she was able to do within it, as opposed to being on the outside of that in the normal world, as she would, as she puts it. Mm. What is it? What is your perspective of the cosplay community in a whole, and how has it has it been welcoming to you over the years? Yeah, honestly, I, I've met some of my most favoriteest people in the world mm. in cosplay, and. Um, I've never met a mean girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I try not to be a mean girl. <laughs> um, and I think I think we're I think it's evolved a little bit too. It used to be a little bit more niche. Now it's a little bit more mainstream. It's way more mainstream, to be honest. And I th- yeah, and I think that has in some ways helped. I mean, there's definitely the trolls. Like if you post pictures online, get ready. Oh yeah. Because it's going, it's going to go trolly. You almost um, got to expect it to the point that it yeah. shouldn't bother you. Like if well, you, if you, if yeah. you take it on head on, yeah. You know, psychologically, like it, it shouldn't bother you. I mean, that's, that's just right. the thing. And it, people get baited in so much about that. 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. But I I think in, to some extent, like especially in the real world, I mean, yeah. the inter- the Internet is its own like level of trolliness. But yes, the real world, people are so nice and so kind mm-hmm. and so supportive. That is true. <laughs> and just really. I mean, it, Nice to each other mm-hmm. and nice to each other because everybody knows everybody has body dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Everybody is not happy about some part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And we all know that. And we all know that about ourselves. We all know that we wish, you know, our arms were littler or, or you know, some something. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, but, you know, uh, and I think we've we're kinder to each other because we know that we right. know the the challenges of trying to make a costume when you're short and you want to cosplay somebody tall or mm-hmm. you're trying to you know you're you're plus size and you want to cosplay anything you know you get there's there's a lot there's a lot more trouble with that i right. think there was a lot more people who are not as forgiving when you know somebody heavy wants to cosplay somebody from anime because in anime nobody's ever heavy and i think i think there's and there's a really great there's a plus size cosplayers group that um is so supportive and you know and everybody's just like hey you know whatever you want to cosplay cosplay it do it it's 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 just your expression and that's you know at the end of the day i think that's the direction we if we we haven't gone, we need to get there because that's that's really the truth of it. It's it's your expression. It doesn't you don't as long as it reads like the character, as long as you put the character's cloak on when you go out there, it doesn't matter if you look exactly like like I wear glasses, so I have to always wear contacts when I do cosplay. Mm-hmm. My my eyes are always going to be blue. That is just it. There's just no other choices. They're never going to be lizard. They're never going to be fire. They're never going to be red. They're just going to be blue because I have to wear contacts or I won't be able to see. (laughs) So I cosplay people who don't have blue eyes all the time, and it's okay. (laughs) Because that's that's, – you you just have to – you have to decide. It's okay. It's okay. So – I think it's been I think it's I think we've benefited a lot from the fact that more and more people like my my local DC con awesome con mm-hmm. went from 8000 people the first year to like 52000 last year. Right. And that's in the space of like 4 years. Right. So right. big 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 jumps. Big yeah. big jumps. And I think to some extent we've we've benefited from that because we have a lot more makers in the community. We have a lot more people who are cosplaying and who are you know being involved. Right. It's good. So my final question to you, I mean, we kind of touched on it. You kind of mentioned it a little bit. And I'll be remiss if we didn't talk about this because it's inevitable and it's everywhere. Mm. You know, for the first time ever in history, our beloved San Diego Comic-Con will not be happening this year. And it's really a testament of what's going on right now. It is crazy. But, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but how has it affected you in a sense 
um, and maybe other people that you know that were aiming to, you know, come back and, you know, get together with you guys? How has it affected you guys emotionally, you know, physically? I don't want to talk about financially or anything, but just how does it affect you in general? In essence? Yeah, I, it, mm, I, I posted the other day, I want to understand, I want to be understanding, but mm-hmm. dang it. I'm sad. Right. I I really uh I love going to San Diego not only because the weather is astonishingly oh. perfect. Perfect, right? It is I worth mean, every money that I paid to go there. I know, right? <laughs> and I'm coming from Philly and I had to pay so do the math. How oh, much it yeah. cost us oh, to yeah. go there? Mhm. I no, believe me. I shipped 90 pounds to San Diego last year. I yeah. know how much it that was my more than my ticket. Yep. <laughs> so here's the thing too, and it's it's crazy because you're what you're in Virginia mm-hmm. right now, so you're like midway, sort of kinda, and it's like you're closer to it than I am. So I'm thinking the airfare, in well, a the the airfare probably was a little bit less, but that that packaging uh, set you. <laughs> so well, so here's the other thing, I have a I have a host family. In San Diego, mm-hmm. I have an adopted family that lets me stay with them. Oh, that's awesome! And they're oh, oh, believe me, more than just saving you, me. Saving the money for hotel stay is the best. Way to go. Well, I'm more than that though. They are awesome. They they live outside of San Diego, but they yeah. drive me down there wow. every morning, help me get dressed on the sidewalk. <laughs> wow. I have I have gotten dressed on more sidewalks in more parking lots than I ever thought that that would be a thing that would happen to me. Wow. <laughs> and they're, I mean, they're just, they're just the best. So I'm missing my con friends. I'm missing my con family. Yeah. Um, I'm, and the, the other thing is I, last year for part of my uh, win last year was I won a scholarship to costume college in Los Angeles Holy this crap. year. Yeah, right? I mean, talk about I'm just, I don't even know if my brain will be able to function. <laughs> I just oh. uh, and they're canceling costume college too. Well, I and mean, I, but I'm pretty sure they're going to honor that when it finally well, reopens oh, yeah. back up. Oh, oh yeah, no, they've already said my my my, uh, my so scholarship's good for next year. But, but you were so I just, just finished salivating wanting to do this. Right. I just finished making an entire Regency wardrobe, oh, including wow. the Titanic boarding suit, oh, a no. Titanic evening gown, a suffragette gown, a swimsuit. I, ju- I am now canceled. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I, I, I feel, I feel. Yeah. I yeah. mean, with the optimist, with the optimistic side of me saying, like, look, there, this eventually will come. Oh yeah. Again, and you will have that shine. And I, and I, this Ho- is something hopefully. I keep telling everybody. It's like I have people right now who are all right. We have our con. Uh, Read Pop uh, holds a convention, and I and I work with them. You know, um, partner with them at least. I've done a few panels uh, last year for uh, for them with the Overwatch cast and and the Street Fighter cast. Um, and I love Reed Pop. oh yeah, it, it was it was awesome. I, I love what those guys. You talk about quality. They're they are a good quality con management company. They're me, they're solid. Let me tell you, and hopefully someday we can possibly see you make way to Philadelphia or New York in some case, because I would love to see you there. Um, and 
I work with them for the last two years, work with them, um, you know, as sort of liaison and also, um, you know, for media purposes as well. So I've, they've, they've taken care of me. They constantly, they just, uh, the, the brand coordinator, uh, just emailed me and checking up on me just recently because we're, we're, we are setting up in August to, um, you know, have our con hopefully. And I am expected to host another panel or two there. And then for the first time ever, I was going to actually go to New York and possibly do something there. So everything's sort of kind of cross your fingers up in the air right now with that. Mm-hmm. And I, but with the, at the same time, I'm like, look, we're going through some, a lot of stuff right now. And there's some way more important things. And there's people's lives on the line right now that I have to think about. Yeah. Um, but there were, there's some selfish people out there that are only thinking about that aspect. And I'm like, look, we will have another year. Or we could get together. Let's just make sure that we're still alive to get together. Right. right. <laughs> and that to me is more important. I right. want to see Rebecca Ryan in great health at a con where she can still lift and, and wear a 35 pound <laughs> with, a, yeah. with a great immune system right now. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's at the end of the day. I mean, it's the public, the public policy, the public health is so much more important Mm -hmm. and we're you know people are doing these virtual cons and people are getting together and people are people are still doing stuff like i've i've friends who are hosting like uh you know stitch um skype or stitch zooms where everybody gets on zoom and just like sews together and Mm -hmm. like that's awesome yeah, which is fun and like um Awesome Con's doing a virtual con next weekend. Yeah. So in the place of their regular con, they've already relocated their con to December, yeah. but they're in the place of the weekend they're doing so I did a little panel on um cosplay tools to get started, so mm-hmm. some of the things you would need. Um little 15 minute, 17 minute video on yeah some of the stuff that you would want to have in the event that you got stuck in your house for four weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so that I think people are doing things to adapt and like wizard world is doing huge. I, just, now I, I know well enough about what they're doing. I, just I, crazy. I, I was like, wow, I want to see how this is going to work. It looks like it's working pretty damn well. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And they're like, they're charging and they're yeah. making, they're making money on it, which I was like, all right, you go, girl. I, uh, you know, it's funny because I, there was a time for the last couple or few years, especially here in Philadelphia, because Wizard World was always here in Philadelphia and established yeah. that they were sort of kind of declining in the yeah. quality of what they were doing. And, you know, and that's why Repop kind of slipped in in sort of cases of putting their own brand into Philly. Um, and all of a sudden this pandemic happened and they decided to have a new strategy yeah. and this strategy is actually working. It's, it, they're very nimble and that is a very good thing. Yes, I, it is. I think it's a, um, it's, it served them very well. They have a very, you know, that wizard world has a kind of a, you know, they have a core traveling, you know, circus kind of a group yeah. and, and they have, somehow managed to adapt this in probably the best way I've seen. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I feel like they've, they've made enough inroads into that. They might actually survive. Mm-hmm. So, um, because they're like, that's all they do. You know, some of these, you know, some of these like read pops, another one where that they, they are a corporate entity. Some yes. of these cons are put together by, 
you know, like Katsukan is put together by a unpaid group of volunteers. Yeah, and then so, and, and, and then you got the, all the other local cons as well that. I, you know, if this prolongs any longer, I think it may have took a hit, a big hit on a lot of the local cons already. Yeah. Um, sure. Not all of them are going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to C2E2 this year. Oh, I, that, that looked like it was phenomenal. It, oh, C2E2 is one of my favorite cons yeah. of all time. It is so good and so many, so many good vendors. And this was so like, la- that good. was like so technically the last big con. Oh yeah, right I was now. like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get COVID from this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, the last year they were over ninety thousand in attendance. Yeah. This year I would be surprised if they topped seventy. Yeah, I'm hoping that with, they got yeah, it. They took a hit. Yeah, I'm hoping they they luckily got that out of the way. Because that was also um, – there was a lot of connections to that event as well. There was a big wrestling pay-per-view connected to that event. So they were making yep. money from that aspect as, yeah. as well too and you know, just getting that type of exposure and connection to it. It was – they did an awesome job with that event, and luckily they managed to get through it, and then everything hit. Just squeaked <laughs> under the wire right there at yeah. the end of February. We were, we were a little bit uh, – you know, going to Chicago at the end of February is not – generally on anyone's bucket list because it's still but cold in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was a godsend because if they'd have done it in the middle of March, they might not have gotten to do it. Right. So it was, uh, I think it still was, it was just on the cusp of being, mm, although I'll tell you what, I wore costumes that wore gloves and I wore gloves every day. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I mean, that's uh, just... In, you know, con crud is a thing, man. Even yes. when there isn't COVID, con crud <laughs> is a thing. It's the, prere- it's the prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't come away from con crud, you didn't have a good time. That's that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So I feel like I, I always try. I'm like, try not to touch my face. Try not mm-hmm. to touch my face. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. We've talked about it a lot of times. Look, I can tell you. I, I hate to be disclosed, but I had um I had a Zoom session with the cast of Naruto just uh like about a, two weeks ago, uh-huh. and I looked at everybody. I'm not going to say particular names, but we were all like face touching the whole entire time. But we were quarantined in our own homes and everything. It's yeah. really hard to do. It, it is, is so stupidly hard to do. It is. It's one of the hardest. It is literally one of the hardest things about this whole thing is is mm-hmm. breaking that habit. So, but I, f- I feel like otherwise, you know, you wear your mask when you go out. Yeah. You don't throw your stupid plastic gloves on the ground because you. you're not a monster. And you come home, you put your stuff away, you go back to doing what you were doing, you make stuff, you have a good time. By yourself, <laughs> or if you're, or if you're stuck with your, I mean, happily sequestered with your significant other, you, told. you. <laughs> I mean, there are days, but in general, I think take the opportunity when you have it mm-hmm. to do stuff. I mean, I've had time to do stuff that I haven't had in a long time because I have a really long commute. Mm -hmm. So my day ends up being really long. So this is like, 
I'm off work. I'm off work. I can just walk right to the sewing machine and get started or right to the right to the the pattern board and start patterning. Right. I this is great for me. Honestly. I've had no trouble since I, I, I don't understand. I, 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 I mentioned this a lot and I mentioned this on my last episode of my show. And basically it, it amazes me that how impatient and irrational people are acting now considering mm. the day and age and the, and the assets and technology that we are have in our possession i can I imagine know. if this was the 90s 80s 70s 60s 50s when we didn't have none of this and, and if we got a pandemic hitting yeah i can we'll I just get be that. scratching each other's eyes out by, right. by day but four <laughs> we're in a position right now where we have so much to keep us calm cool collective sound sane occupied it, occupied entertained um, and all they ask, the one small thing that they ask is for us to stay in and stay yeah. in. I don't understand the, 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 uh, the concept of the, of why people can't do that. I don't either. I, it's, I, it's just the most selfish thing I've ever seen. I, I always, anybody, anybody that's complaining about being stir crazy at home, I'm like, you need a hobby. Get a yeah, hobby. Absolutely. Make something. This do is the something. perfect time to do it. Well, you know, what's funny is. It started out with, you know, toilet paper was all gone from the from the stores. Now it's bread and flour and or flour and yeast and baking supplies. So people are like, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's everybody in the known universe apparently is baking bread now, (laughs) which is hysterical. It's like we're reverting back to the survival days. Yeah. Yeah. I made I made homemade cheese over the weekend because that's a thing. Apparently, <laughs> people are going to be learning how to make fire next. I, I guarantee it's coming. It's coming. It is. Yeah. Coming. But, but this is the thing. If you are bored at home, get yeah. a hobby. I agree. You don't Absolutely. have enough hobbies or find find a new plan of life. Yeah, because if, if now is not the time, especially for unfortunately, those who have probably lost their jobs and whatever. This is mm. the time to reevaluate your life. And try to have more ambition to do something about it. Yeah. Because you don't want to have that same thing. Yeah. I left my I left my job uh, like almost going on four years ago now, um, because I just got tired and I was doing while I was doing that I was also working on the side, uh, doing my you know multimedia business and then furthermore ACMG, you know, and I just got tired of my value being dismissed. Yeah. To a point that I was like, no, I know my value, I know my worth. I'm going to do something about it. And I didn't want also to be taken over by the stressors of the corporate world. And I don't want my my gravestone saying, like, I died because I worked too damn hard trying to prove myself. <laughs> died, of it, a, died of an eye twitch. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my wife and I talked about it. It was like, no, you. I had enough clientele. I was like, I'm out. I'm doing it. And like I said, three, almost four years from now, even with this pandemic, I have no regrets. Yes. And I've had a plan. I've made that plan. And if not for this plan, I would never met spectacular people like yourself. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that we got to meet and, uh, I'm glad that we got to talk today. It was great. Absolutely. So thank you once again, Rebecca. It's been an honor. Hopefully I can get you back on again. Actually, no, I'm going to guarantee that. (laughs) Yeah. You, you call me anytime. I am always up to talk about costuming and making you damn right <laughs> like and, literally always <laughs> and hopefully like i said we can get to see you in philly or I'll hopefully i get to see you in new york in the near future 
But definitely, thank you so much, and congratulations to everything that you have done since we've met, and all the accomplishments, the passion that you put in. I I am really inspired by it in such a way. Um, your art, you know, it it, it really ener- it it really energizes and invigorates my art. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I think that's about. 90% of why I do it. <laughs> there you go. And hopefully our listeners will be able to learn from this as well and hopefully be inspired. Where can they find you and where uh, are you being shown, uh, where you're displaying your art in uh, social media? So I'm on Foxy Roxy Cosplay on uh, Instagram and um, Facebook and also Venmo. Awesome. Or Vero. Vero. Uh so you can find me there. I don't Instagram as much as I should. I feel like it, it, it takes a while. It's like it's like playing the game Double Dutch. You you gotta wait for the right moment to jump in, and yeah. once you're in, there's no. It, it pretty much is just no stopping from that point. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's <laughs> I think that's what I'm afraid of. The same with Skype too. It's like once you start jumping into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you can you can find me there. And if you um, if it, if anybody has questions or they want to talk to me, I'm. Uh, in Facebook is a great way to uh, get in touch with me. Yeah. Um, I I always check my messages there, and if somebody has questions or wants to do something with mm-hmm. me, that would be fun. I'm awesome. always up for a collab. Sounds good. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much again. F- ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you really enjoyed this very special episode of Talk Time Live exclusive. On behalf of myself and the lovely, talented, and extremely powerful Rebecca Ryan, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care, and please, as always, be safe out there. Take care. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.